Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Happy Horns and Hump Day, Pagans Tonight Radio listeners. We are so glad to have you with us on this beautiful Wednesday night. Thank you for making us part of your week. You are tuned into Great Right Radio. I'm Dr. Susan. And my co-host is somewhere. Where's my co-host? He went away. Mercury's in retrograde, y'all. Let's try that again. Stand by. Let's, uh. Let's go to music. Let's figure this out. Let me get let me get the sage uh, and the bell and I think I finally oh, am here. There you are. I was Maybe. just about to get the sage and the bell and the broom and the salt <laughs> and figure out if we had fairies or if it was just just uh, Mercury retrograde. So let's try that again. Welcome. You are listening to Great Right Radio. I am Dr. Susan. And I am Michael Greywolf. And you are listening to All Acts of Love and Pleasure, where we talk about sex, sexuality, relationships, LGBTQ issues, social justice issues, and more, all from a pagan perspective. We're so glad you joined us tonight, and we hope you will be part of the show. You can do that by hanging out in the chat room here at pagansTonight.com. That's booting up as we speak. We'll see if Mercury is going to let that happen. You can also call Mm -hmm. in. In the U.S. at area code 347-308-8222. You can send us an email at actsofloveandpleasure at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at love and pleasure, and that's love, L-U-V, and pleasure. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allactslove. And we post a lot of links during the show and immediately after the show, the things that we've talked about on our Facebook page. So there we go. You can get in there and get all of our information, even <laughs> if the studio decides it's going to be persnickety again. <laughs> well, we have a great show tonight. There's some news items of interest uh, to pagans that are trending this week, and so we want to talk about those. We're going to play a little music and just kind of go with it and see what the studio gods let us get away with tonight. How was your week, <laughs> Michael? Oh, gosh. My week's been pretty good. Um, I think I've said it in the past episodes, but my the place where I work has current has been going through a remodel for the last oh two months or so, and we are just about done. Like all the dust has settled, and walls have been torn down. Things are in, things are getting put back in the right spots. Things are getting priced, and all that jazz new displays are being made and whatnot and it's almost done almost done but only within like I think the last few days has it really felt like we're back to doing what we normally do because of everything that's been going on so I'm excited about that and you have lived through multiple remodels in your retail life I feel like that just follows you yes change just haunts me. Well, no, haunts, haunts a bad word. It just follows me like a dog, like a stray dog. But yeah. 
Yeah. And <laughs> but yeah, other than that, you know, everything's been pretty good. I was it this yeah, it was this past weekend. This past weekend I finally I feel like I've made some headway in trying to be social. <laughs> I have you know, I've been saying for the longest time I just I cannot find bring myself to go out sometimes. And I I've had nights where I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go have fun. I get home, I start to relax, and then I'm like, do I really want to go out? Uh, you know, it's going to be like 15 minutes in the car to get where I want to go. Then you got to spend money to get a drink. <laughs> and, I haven't, and, and then I haven't really been drinking a whole lot. So this past weekend, when I, had, when I did have a few drinks, it hit me kind of hard. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've been very hermit-esque the last few last few months, really. And this past weekend, there was an event here in Dallas. We have something in Dallas that the gay community host called TBRU, which was earlier this year, which stands for Texas Bear Roundup. And this year was the first year, or this past weekend was actually the first weekend for Texas – it's like Texas – it was either Texas or Dallas Otter Weekend. Now, for those who don't know, an otter is a gay, gay male who, well, is a queer male. Let me just put it like that. Queer male or queer male-identified person who is thinner, not necessarily like really thin, but thinner than a usual, but still hairy. And, yeah. It was a weekend for for the otters, but you know everyone can go. You know everyone goes to TBRU, and it was just, it was fun. I actually met up with someone I'd been talking with for a while, and we were, were chatting because we're both in polyamorous relationships, and we're both into some of the same kinks and whatnot. So it was fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I hear you on it being hard to get out, like. We're kind of like, oh, do we have to, uh, do we have to park? Uh, <laughs> uh, we keep joking that we are no longer club queers. We are couch queers or homosexuals, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and so, and it's been, I mean, the weather's been better here, but it's been so hot this summer. The idea of yeah. going out is not even an option. So, but good. I'm glad that you've been able to get out because I know that's been a, a big part of you kind of getting settled back in here as getting into the mm-hmm. swing of of social life after working and moving and all that and adjusting to living with a cat. Uh, I, I don't know if you can hear <laughs> her meowing in the background. She's I have her sequestered in my brother's room because she's not allowed – out here right now because she'll be knocking shit over. She'll be jumping into my lap. If I get called into me one more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I mean, she's a kitten. She's a kitten. They're pains in the asses for, I think, until they're about a year and a half. Yes. I'm just, never had a cat before. I've always had dogs. I find dogs to be so much more calm. <laughs> yes, yes. Kittens 
are they are little murder machines for sure. Uh, we have a, a rule here that, uh, well, we're full up with cats at the moment, but if it comes time to get another cat, we will get a cat and not a kitten. I am pro kitten, but uh, my 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 lovely partner is not pro kitten because uh, she just they're too unpredictable for her. But, which is of course what yeah. I love about. You know, you know, you don't know if the cat is, you know, frenetic because it's a kitten or if that's going to be its personality its whole life. So, <sighs> yeah, um, I love kittens, but definitely an apartment living with a small kitten is, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It is a thing. So, it, it, folks out there, I know we've got at least one person in our audience that has a cat because we're talking to pagans. If you have uh, kitten life tips or horror stories, you can send those to us through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allxlove, or you can email us at xofloveandpleasure at gmail.com. Um, we also mm-hmm. pictures of your cats. If you've shared pictures of your cats <laughs> with us before, you should know that they're also now my cats, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post uh, pictures of mine, too. But... Other than that, I'm just I'm ready for everything to get rolling. I have a busy couple of months coming up, and I'm just like, all right, let's get going. So much to do, not enough time, not really prepared, but let's do it. But, yeah, that's enough about me. How have you been, Dr. Susan? I have been good. I have been busy. Um, of course, yeah, those of, of you who have been listening for a while know that I'm kind of looking for my next full-time opportunity. And, you know, that takes time. Um, but I've been really kicking up my priestess work here in the Dallas area and beyond uh, this summer. So I've launched a couple of things I'm really excited about. Um, I launched a kind of a virtual online study circle. Um, and I've shared the link in, the, in our Facebook page where right now it's $11 a month. That price will go up in September. But you, for $11 a month and you get a discount if you are one of my Patreons, you have access to this classroom where I am doing kind of a brain dump of all my, like, here are the things that I, you know, that I recommend for people to read. And here are spiritual exercises that have been useful. Here are websites that are useful. And then there will also be ongoing discussion and ritual suggestions. So it's, it's an interactive classroom for Anybody who's ever wished I could be their spiritual teacher or coach, but for whatever reason was not able to make that happen. So I've shared the link. I'm really excited about it. I'm having a lot of fun putting it together. Um, and uh, I was, as a suggestion that was given to me by a friend who said, you know, you do this mentoring all the time. Um, in the community, what if you had a central place? And she was like, you know, and honestly, as a community, we need to do better about paying our teachers. I was like, you're absolutely right. So I started putting this together at my portal at uh, Mystery School of the Goddess, which is also, you can also get to through seekingblissonline.com. Uh, and it's been super fun. So it's open for enrollment right now, and then the, the, the door is actually open on Monday. So this weekend I'll be putting 
the finishing touches on the first batch of stuff. It's going to be in there, but it will be, I'll be posting new stuff every week. So it's something that you can come in and kind of dive in where you want, um, use what you want. Um, it's been really interesting to kind of go back through all my bits and pieces. So uh, that's, that's one of my big exciting things for the summer. Um, I have been mm-hmm. picking up some teaching jobs, uh, some, you're teaching some workshops at Hearth Wisdom Store here in, in DFW. It's actually in Arlington. Uh, I had a Protection Magics Basics class two weekends ago that went great. I packed the house. I had so many people. It was so much fun. So I'll be doing another on the 15th of September on the basics of cleansing and clearing and purifying. Uh, so you come in, I give you some information, and we try some exercises, and then we make some stuff. So you have things to walk away with. And I was invited to lead the new moon meditation there last weekend, and that was super fun. Had like 25 people, uh, just a lovely community. So I've been been out doing some outreach there. I'm working on writing, trying to get some of this book that I'm doing for moon books kind of in the can um, and getting ready to do some vending this summer. Um, I'll be at the Metroplex Holistic and Psychic Fair on the 26th of August. That is in Arlington at the Courtyard by Marriott, which is at uh, 711 Highlander Drive for, for locals. It's basically off of Matlock and 20. So I'll be there with my booth, and I'm going to be at Cog's Maiden Ritual. I'm, I'm, you know, we're taking the table out. We're, I am doing the uh, Have Witchcraft Will Travel show <laughs> right now, uh, which is, is super fun. I am ready to get back to uh, more full-time or more steady freelance work, but it has been a, a blessing to be able to take the summer off and really put some time and some energy and some investments into this work. And it's been very positively received. So that is wonderful. And, you know, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't have at least 10 projects going on at once, I'm always a little, uh, a little nervous. So, and of course we are both working on booking guests and things for our show coming yeah. around into the fall. We'll be taking that first week of September off uh, for the Global Wicca Summit that takes place here at Pagans Tonight, uh, which will be hopefully our gateway into 24-hour programming here at the network. But we've got some great stuff on tap for the fall, and I've got some emails out to some fabulous people. So we'll see who we can get here. If you have a project you want to promote on the show or there's somebody you would like us to interview or a topic you wish we would talk about, absolutely let us know with either a Facebook message or an email message. We'd love to hear what y'all are wanting to hear. What do you you want to learn? Who do you want to hear? What what discussions do you want for us to have? Um, As we're going into what will it, what are, what have we been doing? It's like two and a half years, three years now. Uh, It's been fun to watch the show evolve and Uh. we want to doing that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you just had my brain go, wait, where? When did we start this? No, no, no. Ah. Now I'm going to have to pull out my documents and look. Da, 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 da. 
Oh, goodness. I know I have it posted on one of our shared documents. I think I found it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, the show notes. The so show our, notes. First, our, first, our first episode was back in 2015. <gasps> Three and a half years, yo. Oh, hard to believe. The show has just evolved so much. It's been so much fun. Um, <laughs> and we are looking forward to keeping on doing that and giving you all some good stuff. So tonight, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a little bit of a news roundup we want to uh, talk about. There were two kind of uh, big and to my social justice mind related stories that have kind of broken in uh, one of them in the national news that are, di- are directly related to issues that we talk about on this show. And so definitely, you know, we're going to get into that and look at what else is happening in the pagan news. But also, you tune into the radio to listen to music, and we have access to some good stuff. So let's uh, slide into the show with some Arthur Hines. Oh, let the circle be unbroken, conjure Circle and guard the wall. Oh, let the 
trans exclusionary radical feminism turfism within goddess worship is a dying breed and if we just starve it for oxygen enough it's going to go away but um this is this organization is alive and well it doesn't appear to be huge um but they were able to get official recognition of it and they do um one of the books that they base their work on is gynecology by mary daly who was very influential in the founding of goddess spirituality and um her theology changed my life, and her views on trans women that she expressed later in her life are really horrific, which is another conversation about how we deal with it when our when our uh, idols fall. But this was just – this came across, and I was just like, I hope this doesn't get lost in the shuffle, because I think the for people that uh, want to sort of say, oh, we don't really have to engage with this issue or – there's room for conversation. I think seeing the way this organization has set itself up and stated publicly with what many people in the goddess community say in private is really key. Uh, so did you manage to wade your way through that article, Michael Grable? Oh, my gosh. When you shared that article with me, you know, to get ready for today's show, you know, I was reading it. I was like, oh, my God. It, it was just it was so hard to read because everything that they talk about is stuff that you know we are we actively you know stand against, and it's just uh, the wording that they use is like you said it's just horribly transphobic, and I'm just like I, I don't I don't know what to say that, you know, we haven't already said in past shows and past conversations with people. It's just, I'm just like, why? Why? Uh, but I was sure. Yeah. I was sure that I was like, okay, is this, is this the onion? This has to be a joke. This has to be a troll situation. This cannot be real. Uh, but, you know, I looked. And I was just, this is not, like, this can't be a thing. Um, what I am curious about, uh, because they call themselves a church, but they're, you know, they call themselves witches and um, draw explicitly on goddess spirituality. I am curious if, you know, those of us that go to places like Pantheacon and Paganacon and maybe even PSG uh, might, end up crossing paths with these folks and what you know, that is going to, I mean, you know, some critics have said, you know, this is a, this is a small organization. You, I mean, you don't have to have any sort of membership quota to get a 501 C3. Um, so, you know, we don't really think we're dealing with thousands of people here. Um, but, you know, what, will be if, if, if these are folks who try to become part of the wider sort of Wiccan and pagan and witchy community, um, how do we handle that? Because um, we've been, you know, so far handling the issue of transphobia or not handling it on an individual basis. But, um, you know, this is, this is a whole other 
kind of ball of wax. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine, you know, if they wanted to, like, I'll oh, try to present a workshop at a festival or whatever, um, what would happen with that sense? I, I, me personally, I feel like, gosh, I feel like if this organization tried to establish any sort of presence at, like, PSG, I don't think Circus Sanctuary would be okay with them. I, I think you're probably right uh, about that. I mean, I am fairly certain they wouldn't be like, um, no, please go away, basically. Right. Um, and But other places like PantheaCon or maybe even um, PaganiCon, where it, they, you know, we, they open the doors to all traditions, all faiths, It'd be a, might be a little bit harder to be like, no, you cannot come, because even at um, at PantheaCon, they've had the Budapest do her literal thing for years, which is trans uh, exclusive. And as far as I know, I think they still do it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, yeah, that, they have a press there. So, you know, well, this group trying discussion. to... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was say, and there was that whole discussion around PantheaCon this year of the organization that wanted to have a red tent space uh, and have it be, ex, you know, exclusionary of trans and non-binary people. And, I mean, they ended up pulling out when PantheaCon said no way. Um, so it's a, uh, you know, it, it is, it's, it's one of those things in these spaces where we do get together and, you know, we want a, a wide representation of the community, but we also have to sort of draw a line um, when it comes to bigotry. Uh, it will be interesting. And it may be that, that these folks, because they're using clearly separatist language, that they have no interest in being part of this community. But I, I have wondered about that, if uh, that is going to be something that organizers have to sort of deal with um, to, you know, in their, in their events. And if they do choose to invite them or uh, allow them to be part of the larger community, how do they do that in such a way that mm-hmm. it's also safe for trans and non-binary people that, you know, that are clearly targeted by this language. Uh, I know there's yeah. an event out of San Francisco. I'm going to probably mess up the name, um, but I believe it's called the Witches' Convocation, who just disinvited Max Deshu, who keeps the Suppressed History Archives and is, is a founding, uh, kind of a founding mother in God's spirituality because of her transphobic views. Um, and, and they actually posted a community apology, which I'll, I'll link to, because uh, they did it right. Um, I I think I remember seeing what? something about that, because it um, Devin Hunter shared an article, because I think they called themselves modern witches or something like that. It was very similar to the name that he's been using for what? his podcast and his uh, magazine for years. And he was like, hmm, this is very interesting. They have no affiliation with me. 
the you know we have the same we have the same name, and that right. and uh, yeah I remember reading about that on their web, on their uh, Facebook page. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm gonna find that open letter because I really appreciated what they had to say, which is that we screwed this up. They said we had no idea that uh, that she held those views, which I'm kind of like okay, so I don't know how you missed that, but okay. Whatever. I, I mean, I continuously run into people who don't know that this is an issue in our community. So there you go. Um, but they said once it was brought to their attention, they absolutely they disinvited her. And they said, you know, we, we will, this is on us. We didn't do our due diligence. This will not happen again. And, of course, as always, you know, she was disinvited from this event in San Francisco. Ruth Barrett has been disinvited from some goddess gatherings for her transphobia as well. Um, it always flares up in the community about the idea that somehow these women are being silenced or that there is somehow, um, there are somehow two sides to this issue. Even, even Starhawk tried to mediate between Max Deshu and these organizers as if, which I was very surprised by, um, as if there's two sides to this story. You know, um, this isn't a, a question of sort of theological minutia. This is about the dignity of a human being. Um, but I, I, I see that a lot. Uh, I just had this conversation with somebody I respect, uh, that there's, there's this idea that somehow there's a middle ground for those of us who want inclusion in public paganism and public worship and those who want exclusion. And I can't see how that is a thing because I, I, I like to think, and this is a foreshadow of the other piece of news that broke this week. You know, if, I wanted to start a pagan organization that said, oh, but no, you know, no people of color involved. I don't think anybody would be asking pagans of color to sit down with me and have a conversation about how there was, there was room for that. There's no room for that. There's room for groups that are only for people of color and no white, no white pagans. I think those are, can be really important, but exclusionary politics, um, based on race or, you know, um, you know, or any sort of status like that, we don't take that seriously as a, as a community. There are people that try it and there are people that get shot down all the time. So why there is a desire for there to be both sides of, of this one, I don't get. Um, so it, it, I've been seeing a lot of really interesting discussion around the, I, I, can't, I can't even say the word pussy church without laughing. I'm sorry. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. I cannot do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm trying to imagine, like, what? how do you present, as they put it, evidence of a consistent lesbian life? Well, first of all, I would fail. Um, you know, I, I guess probably the oral exam would be good, but um, I, yeah. Um, all women can uh, attend, but you have to... You have to present evidence of a consistent lesbian life, testimony to the experience of a new birth into lesbian feminism, uh, and willingness to contribute regularly to the financial support of the church. So it's just, wow. Um, wow. And it's opened up a, a larger conversation I've seen uh, among people who want to talk about whether other pagan organizations should incorporate as churches like this, or if the IRS should have more stringent standards. 
um, given the cultural climate <laughs> right now, I, I would hate to see a tightening of the standards. But um, it does definitely lead um, me to think about whether, you know, some of the organizations that I'm part of would have um, more sort of more standing um, if they chose to go this route. Um, Wow. <laughs> so if anybody out there who's had experience with these folks, we would um I'd love to talk to you because I'm really curious. Um and I'm I'm hopeful that it's not really gonna go anywhere, but um there is a definite potential for for crossover with other goddess organizations. Um especially because I know a lot of even the sort of modern goddess worship stuff out there um, that is really appealing to a lot of middle-class white women, it, it glosses over the transphobia in the writings of people like Barrett and Budapest and Deshu and kind of brings people in with this language of empowerment. Um, so, I mean, these people at least, I guess they put it right out in the front street, but it's uh, – Definitely, uh, definitely an interesting story. I'm going to be watching how it develops, um, especially mm-hmm. if we have a, 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 a as this, if this group has any intersection with the community. If you are an event organizer out there and you have people from the Pussy Church of Modern Witchcraft that apply to be at your event or offer workshops, we would love to hear from you about how you are handling that because um, this is, I mean, a, this is just such a has really come to a head as, as an issue um, within our within our community, and we still don't have uh, agreements on how we should handle it. Um, I will give you a little teaser because I really want to put out some lovely uh, Emerald Rose music if I can. Um, but our next kind of taking headline uh, takes a look at how one organization did choose to deal with uh, an elder who was problematic. So we'll be back in a, in about three minutes. We're going to leave you with a little Emerald Rose Freya Shakti. Freya Shakti on
opposing uh, views, uh, like send emails, send, do negative reviews on all sorts of websites for businesses and whatnot, and just destroy pages. Uh, and I don't know. I, I feel like saying going about it the people go about it the wrong way is wrong because if you have righteous anger, is it really wrong? I I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, it's I, I, I found I found the name of the, the organization is, is, and the event is called the Modern Witches Confluence. I was thinking convocation, but um, mm-hmm. that is as I will will share that. Uh, I will warn you that there is some uh, troubling commentary, as as Michael was mentioning on on the page, um, and we have been troubled by uh, some of the people I see sort of taking them on about, about just inviting somebody who was invited to their conference. Because first of all, you have a right to, you know, hold whatever reviews you want. You do not have a right to have an unlimited platform. And if people decide that you represent a danger, then they have a right to not have you around that community. Uh, and I definitely, like, see what you're talking about that, you know, I, I think there's just this, there's something about uh, sort of the online age that we defend and we use, like, the negative rating, or we're using you know, negative Yelp ratings or whatever um, to sort of have these arguments. Um, and, you know, certainly I have friends that have been doxxed by Ruth Barrett and, and other people in the community for speaking out in favor of, of trans inclusion. Um, and, I, you know, I don't ever like to sort of tell people how to express their outrage, and I certainly don't tell, tell trans folks how to express their outrage at, at turf rhetoric because it has a fucking body count. Um, but I, I do think that um, part of the reason why we can't just come to a consensus in the community on how we're going to handle this is and handle these people is that it gets so ugly and, and people can point and say, oh, these people are silencing women and then you know, when people, you know, liberals like to do that, both sides are equally violent thing without looking at context. Um, and, and I was telling Michael in the, uh, in the green room that I was really excited to hear that Shekinah Mountain Water's Ariadne Thread was coming out uh, in ebook and in a new edition. Her book was really formative for me as a, a young woman in the goddess movement. And I appreciate that she was inclusive um, as the conversation evolved about um, gender and, and different understandings of gender beyond the binary, uh, she was explicitly inclusive of her uh, of, of trans folks um, in her circle. She did never use the word non-binary, but she passed several years before that word became uh, more sort of visible. I think that she would be inclusive and be people too. And I was horrified to realize they had hired, they had invited Ruth Barrett to write the forward of this book. Um, and so, you know, several of, of us that are in the community went to the Facebook page for for the book and, you know, expressed our not not even outrage, just disappointment and confusion at how this choice had been made. And while I don't know that it's going to make any difference, I think that, you know, as if you have the ability to sort of put out your reasons and, and, and talk about why these things are problematic, um, it's, 
I think it's much more effective than just sending on somebody's Facebook page and, you know, like reporting them for hate speech and what they're doing is not hate speech. I will report hate speech all day long, but, uh, or, you know, doxing people or whatever. And so it's, it's complicated. And what it's, what's so um, disappointing is that this confluence event actually looks like it's going to be really cool. And I think they did exactly the right thing when their community expressed concern about this presenter in, in uninviting her. And, but they've taken so much, for it that I am I am genuinely concerned um, about whether the that event will be able to be as awesome as it's supposed to be. So if you are planning to go to the Modern Witches Conference, we would love to talk to you. If you're one of the organizers, we would love to talk to you. I'm going to reach out and try to get them on the show. Uh, I think one of the reasons why we have a harder time um, with taking a, a firmer line uh, within goddess spirituality and witchcraft um, is that we don't have a central organizing body, which I love, but it does make it harder to sort of make a statement. And so the other big story that happened this week is in the heathen community, which has several strong organizations, and the Ring of Troth is, is the big one for a lot of people. And they issued a statement um, about Freya Aswin, who has, has been an elder in that community and recognizes an authority for many, many years. A lot of people have read her books uh, on uh, the runes and all kinds of stuff. But she has increasingly expressed some exclusionary views, um, more racist views, let's call it what it is, white supremacist views. And the the troth was able to look at their bylaws and they looked at the oaths that people take when they're officers in the troth, uh, among which uh, they take an oath that says, they, says that they stand against any use of Germanic religion and culture to advance causes of racism, sexism, homophobia, white supremacy, ableism, or any form of prejudice. And that's a, I think that's a great statement. I wish more of our organizations specifically had that and called out these different kinds of, of oppression and prejudice, especially uh, ableism is one that you don't see a lot of. But, you know, they, they specifically call that out and say that that is not acceptable. And so Freya Aslan made some comments on her social media that they felt were not in keeping with that oath. And uh, not only did they remove her status as elder, they, re- they terminated her lifetime membership in the troth, which is, that's a huge thing. She will find other community for sure, but they took just decisive action. Um, and as much as I don't like bylaws and all that, business and I love my DIY spirituality, I really appreciated that, you know, they had these bylaws and they're, they're living by it. Cause we are seeing, I mean, we've got literal Nazis in the street, right. And some of them are using Germanic religion to sort of advance that, uh, that agenda. And, you know, uh, as this one of my heathen friends said, um, Aslan had gotten increasingly messy <laughs> over the last couple of years. And, and 
finally the, the community took a stand on it. So what do you think about that? I know you don't follow much with heathenry until it gets racist, but what what did you think reading this, especially in comparison to how exclusionary views are, are handled with the whole turf issue? So, yes, definitely. Again, I very little interaction with anything heathen-esque other than occasionally interacting with people at PSG or even down here at um, CMA gatherings. And for the most part, I, you know, every heathen I've interacted with has been amazing. No issues with me being gay or of a different ethnicity or even, you know, following different faith or faith within paganism. And I am just so happy to see that the, well, first of all, how do you, how do you pronounce this again? How how do you pronounce this organization's name again, Susan? Susan. Sorry, I was muted. The Ring of Troth. Oh. <laughs> the Ring of Troth? Troth. <laughs> I think you're saying, it, like, is it like truth? Like T-R-U-T-H? It is a T-R and then a long O, like O, so Troth. 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 Okay. Yes. Please forgive me if you are part of this organization. I, I'm even bad with Spanish words. So, please well, no, well we're, we're both a little southern so <laughs> yes. yes but I, you know, I after you, you sent me this article to get ready for the show you know, I did look a little bit more on their website and reading their information I'm like oh this sounds like a really awesome organization and the fact that they're wanting to be an umbrella organization for their community I'm like bravo and that right. they're holding their elders to such high standards is amazing. And I, the whole elder thing really gets to me because I have, in my tradition, we have no elders. We have, mm-hmm. I guess, honorary elders, maybe, in Hyperion, who, you know, he has passed, you know, through the veil, and even his mother you know, we all love her and we all treat her like she's our mother. Um, and there might be a couple people who were really close to our parents that were like, oh, you know, they're all friends to our brotherhood, but they have no say in what we do. They have no say right. in the governing of our organization. Um, so I, I get very cringy, I guess, incensed even when people are like, well, this is an elder of our community. I'm like, whose community? <laughs> Not mine. Right. Right. Uh, and so I, I, some of this... I, I, you know, I very much applaud, you know, people who have elders within a community and they're like, okay, this person is not living up to our standards. They have no longer say or association with us. Yeah. And it, and it is given the, the conversation that goes on um, in our community. I mean, we are, you know, paganism writ large um, and paganism and heathenry 
are, you know, these complex living traditions. So a lot of our founders or the founders of specific movements uh, are still alive um, or have passed in the last 20 years, right? Um, So, you know, it becomes sort of complex in that, you know, a lot of us know people um, and people are still out there living and making work and, you know, we have to consider their past work often in context of their current attitudes. And I, I know definitely I see something all the time in goddess worship that when Z Budapest or Ruth Barrett or Max Deshu is called out, people are like, but these are our elders. They founded this tradition. It's like, and great. They wrote wonderful stuff. They created beautiful rituals. Nobody's saying they didn't. What we're saying is that these attitudes that they're expressing are not in line with how we think that our spirituality should be practiced. And, you know, I know I've talked about before, I struggle with going back to my foundational texts by, written by women who have expressed terrible transphobic views since writing those books, but the books don't say anything about that issue at all. And, you know, how do we look at the work that's been put out that is foundational for our communities while also saying, hey, look, you know, this author did some great stuff. Um, She's also kind of a crappy human being. (laughs) And it holds those two truths. And, you know, people do get so up in arms about the idea that you're silencing an elder. And I, I think that that's not healthy. One of the things that I liked about paganism was that we don't, Hello. Oh, oh no. Looks like Dr. Susan disconnected. Uh, let me see. Yeah, she just disconnected. Hopefully she can call back in. Let me see. Oh boy. Yeah, Mercury retrograde and six of the planets retrograde, people. Oh boy. Let let me see if she's able to call back in. Hmm. Um, da, 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 da. Hmm. Yeah, I just I don't know. Did I don't know if I should play some music or just wait for her to call back in. I am Hello, back. Susan. Mercury kicked me off. I think that might be <laughs> that might <laughs> I think that might be our cue. Uh, that that uh, you know, thanks for tuning into my TED talk on tur- on turfism and bigotry and paganism. <laughs> I think that might be my my cue um, or our cue to wrap it up and hand it over to Maggie and Jewel for petals and potions. They'll be talking about sweet dreams, looking at different forms of dreaming, intentional dreaming dreaming herbs, dream themes, and how to interpret those dreams, as well as how to keep a dream journal. So uh, you've gotten kind of the, um, the maybe the, the, the less light and fun side, because, you know, we, we, we can't always be a, a laugh riot here at All Acts 11 Pleasure. 
um, because speaking (laughs) truth to power is an act of love, I believe, and that's what we do here. But you'll be able to stay on with Maggie and Joel and take a little something for your sweet dreams. Before we we sign off, uh, do you have anything coming up, Michael Graywolf, on Walking the Unnamed Path or any events? Well, yes, I have. Let's see, we have Lee Harrington coming on the show uh, for our next show, which is, oh gosh, which is August 26th. And I I just, I shot Lee a message about that recently. So hopefully, I've had to reschedule this show like two times because I've forgotten or I scheduled something else and didn't have enough time to you know, switch things around. So it's been my fault that everything has like gone horribly wrong in the past. So I'm like, I want to make sure this goes off without a hitch. <laughs> For but sure. Yeah. But yeah, have, have Lee coming on and oh gosh. And I think our next show after that, we won't be having one because it's during the time of the global Wicca summit uh, that uh, Pagan Tonight is doing. So we have one more. So yeah, after the 26th, we won't be back until the end of September for um, Walking the Main Path. And for this show, I'm, I have to just double-check with a couple people because we have guests scheduled for next our next show, which will be the 29th. And I have, got, I have to make sure that they can still make it and whatnot. Otherwise, we'll figure out something else <laughs> for the show. Right. Uh, but, yeah. Hopefully we'll have a guest for our next show. And then after that is the Global Wicca Summit that first week yes. of um, September. So we won't be on for the 5th. So we'll be back right, on the so we'll 19th. We'll be back on until what, the 19th? Yes. And that's, af- that's yes. after my uh, Between the Worlds trip, which we may talk yes. about Between the Worlds when I get back. And Excellent. I would you, love that. And I believe... Registration is already closed for Between the Worlds. But if you are going to Between the Worlds, I will be giving a workshop at Between the Worlds. <laughs> How many times can I say that? Say Between the Worlds in this episode. Um, <laughs> but yes, I will be giving a workshop. And the workshop is uh, one I've given before. It's an introduction to the unnamed path. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also in the opening and closing ritual. So I'm excited, scared, and... Uh, ready for it to be done. <laughs> oh, I, I know that feeling. About, oh, I can't wait to go to this festival, this, this conference, but I have these things I have to do. Ah, so hear you. Well, I'm not traveling as much as you're going to be this fall, but I am keeping busy. Um, for those of you who are in the Dallas area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, either uh, you live here or you are here to visit or just to uh, feel like making a road trip, come see me. Um, you'll have a chance to do a couple of things with Dr. Susan. Um, my full moon ritual, which is open to all women, um, cis trans or otherwise, and non-binary people who find their homes in women and goddess-centered spaces, um, will take place on Saturday, August 25th at 7.30 p.m. That's at Horizon Unitarian Universalist Church in Carrollton, Texas. That event is posted on our Facebook page. I'd love to see you come out. Uh, then the next day, 
I will be at the Metroplex Holistic and Psychic Fair. Uh, that starts at noon and goes till 6. That's Sunday, August 26th. It's at the Courtyard by Marriott in Arlington, Texas, right off of I-20 and Matlock. And I will be offering a class on the basics of cleansing, clearing, and purifying at Hearth Wisdom Store over on Arkansas Lane in Arlington, Texas. That'll be Saturday, September 15th. I think that's a Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Uh, and we're getting that event advertised so watch the the space uh, if you'd like to find out about the online space that I have put together uh, and you want to join that you can check out the link on our Facebook page and get in there to register get in while the price is still low um, and if you want to get an extra discount or you just want to support my work you can also find me at patreon.com slash Susan Harper um, you can start in for as little as a dollar a month and you get access to all kinds of great stuff. Um, and I'm planning some other workshops and things for the fall. And I do have, I, you know, I, I do have witchcraft and will travel. So if you would like to bring me to your city, uh, let me know and we can work it out. Um, Michael's also just sent me a fabulous link. You never know what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, from Pathios <laughs> on the 25 most influential pagans. So we're going to share that. And maybe that's a some sort of like wish list for guests. Ooh. Ooh uh, it's a good one. And that one was, uh, that's Jason Menke, who shares space with us, who's here uh, on the Wednesdays that we're not. So it's the 25 most influential living pagans. Take a look and uh, see what you think. See if there's folks that you wish had been there. Uh, some of our favorites are are on that list. Uh, we have uh, Dob the Bard and uh, Eva Dominguez, who was just on the show. Selena, uh, who, you know, we just love her. Uh, Ronald Hutton, who is just as lovely as you might think. And Newkirk Niven from Sage Woman and Witches Pagans. Uh, Christopher Penzak, who we're trying to get on the show. There's great people on this list. So Starhawk, of course. Uh, so people that you uh, either that you already know their work or maybe you want to get exposed to some new work, see who's, see who's out there. Um, this is a great piece. So we'll, we will link that. And uh, next week when we're not here, tune in and listen to Jason on Raise the Horns Radio. He always does such a great show. Uh, and stay tuned for Sweet Dreams on Petals and Potions. I think I see people popping in to the to the, to the studio here and I'm going to have to stay and listen to that one because I'm curious about some dream magic and obviously let, let us know about your events and workshops and classes what's going on in your community I know we're getting into witches ball season and all kinds of other good stuff we'd love to promote what you're doing and until next time, we're going to send you out with a little S.J. Tucker because why not? But until next time, we'll see you in two weeks. This is All Acts of Love and Pleasure, and I am Dr. Susan. And I'm Michael Graywell. Have a great night. This is S.J. Tucker. Burn me out. Turn this world around. Go on and
Good evening, everyone. You are listening to Petals and Potions, and I am Maggie the Green. Um, we, and uh, if you've never tuned in before, I'm Maggie the Green, and I do this show with my daughter Jewel. And we are pagans. You're listening to Pagans Tonight Radio network and you the three songs you heard previously was S.J. Tucker Burn Me Out and then we heard Brian Hankey The Light of Dreams and Dream Within a Dream and the reason why I played two songs is because I am setting the mood for our show tonight which is going to be all about dreaming and I would like to introduce my co-host, Daphne Jewell. And how is uh, everything going tonight, Daphne? Uh, I'm, I'm doing better than I was earlier, you know, trying to get ready for the show. Um, I really liked that last song by uh, Ryan. It was really pretty. It was very tranquil, and it was, I, it was really nice. I liked it. Oh, yes. I, I, I just love Brian Hinky and um it's just uh, th- those were perfect songs to set the mood for the show tonight. I agree. perfect perfect 
So lovely. I really enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah, it's been, you know, our lives are extremely hectic and, um, you know, uh, we've had a lot going on lately. So, um, you know, we got a lot of things coming up. There's some manifestations that have been popping up for us lately and a lot of different um, aspects of our lives that are coming to fruition and yes, uh, I'm really just excited to do this show tonight. Okay. This is going to be a really good one. I think so too. Um, I was going to say as well as, you know, releasing the old cycles of our past, you know, with all these retro, retrograde going on and stuff, but you can't, you can't have the new without letting go of the old. So you know, that's very important to refresh the cycle and to, you know, release old things and old energies that no longer serve you and no longer benefit you. Absolutely. And um, it's so interesting because that's exactly what we were talking about on our last show. And mm-hmm. um, we were talking about, you know, what are you going to release for Leo season? So right now for Leo season, it's time to release those those burdens and those energies that are really holding you down, you know, it could be past memories, it could be, you know, maybe it's mistakes that you've made or, you know, hurts that you've experienced or or whatever it is or old habits that are holding you down. Now is the time to release those burdens so that you can move into the harvest time of, you know, energies. So right now, you know, we have like the sun is very strong and the energy from above is very strong. So even because the sun is so strong right now, the lunar energy is very strong. And, you know, so now is that time to take that energy into yourself and use it to release those energies that are holding you back. Right. So what have you, speaking of the sun and um, energy and stuff, um, how I uh you did go to meet Al Gore yesterday, did you not? <laughs> <laughs> Actually it was on Monday. Talk about some global warming. Right. Okay, yeah, you're right. And it was okay, so Monday, um, you know, if you've never listened to us before, um, first of all, I recommend that you go back and listen to some of our recordings. Um, they're always available, and you can find them on our Facebook page, Petals and Potions. That's P-E-T-A-L-S and Potions. Um, and, you know, if anybody would like to call in and chat with us or tell us your story or just tell us what you're releasing for Leo season, the the call-in line is 347-308-8223. So you're more than welcome to call in anytime and, you know, tell us uh, what's going on in your pagan corner. So Monday I attended um, a gathering, basically. Well, it's kind of a rally, but it was mostly a gathering um, called the Poor People's Campaign, a National Call for Moral Revival. And um, if you don't know, uh, that was what Martin Luther King called his movement. Back in the um, during the civil rights movement, he called it a moral revival. Okay, national call for moral revival. It was the poor people's also, campaign. 
for those of you, if you have never turned, tuned in before, you should know that my mom is very into politics. Fair <laughs> warning. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, because to me, everything is political. You know, everything is political and spiritual. <laughs> and and so I connect those things very strongly for me. I mean, maybe not for everyone. Um, maybe some people don't um, see it that way, but for me, that's how I see it. I see that everything is political and everything is spiritual. And those two go hand in hand, and your morals should influence your politics and your you know, your morals should influence your spiritual life and, and all of that. But that's just my opinion. So Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. And that's you know? okay. So Reverend William Barber Junior has um revived basically Martin Luther King's movement for the poor people's campaign. And right now he's partnering with Al Gore to do an ecological justice tour of North Carolina. And um, part of that is because Al Gore's daughter, Corinna, lives here in North Carolina. And also, and she is a very, yes, and she is a very, very strong environmental she's an eco warrior you know she's following in her dad's footsteps as far as that's concerned you know he's been talking about climate climate change and global warming since the early 80s and obviously he raised her so she's you know following in his footsteps and and when you're talking about ecological justice goes hand in hand with social justice, okay? So like I talked about on um, my ecological justice podcast when you were um, on vacation, those two things go hand in hand because the people that are experiencing the most detriment from environmental harm are people in poverty as well as people of color. So so that's why these two... two um, you know, these two political activists came together to do this tour of North Carolina. And so I was so um, just, I was just so excited to meet Al Gore that oh, I absolutely. actually went. He, because he's he's one of my inspirations. He has inspired me since I was a very young person. You know, I got to witness him as vice president for eight years with Bill Clinton, and um, he was the first Democrat, you know, president that I ever got to vote for. He was the and first president so that he, period. Right, exactly. He's the first person <laughs> that I ever got to vote for, you know, in a yeah. presidential election. So, um so for me, this was like meeting one of my idols, you know, um, one of my inspirations uh, from like very early on, you know, in in my love of, you know, the earth and and connecting that with politics through Al Gore, you know, I mean he's. He's been preaching climate change for a really long time, and, you know, back in the 90s, or, you know, 80s and 90s and early 2000s even, 
um, a lot of people were like, you know, he's just making this up, he's lying, you know, they were discrediting all of this data, and he's a very intelligent man, and he knows what he's talking about. He knows the data and the science, and so for him to finally be validated in the things that he's been um, trying to educate people about for the last, you know, 30-some-odd years is just remarkable, and so when I got the opportunity to to just see him speak in person, you know, I was, I have been giddy for days. You know, I've, for days I've been like, oh, my God, i got to go to this. So I know. I ended up getting there two hours early. <laughs> I went to the um, the revival two hours early just because I wanted to make sure that I got a good a good enough seat to just see him speaking and be able to like really engage in what he was trying to to present to us. So because I got there two hours early, what happened was synchronicity. You know, the mother guides me. And um, I actually ended up getting to attend a, a closed room roundtable discussion about North Carolina ecological justice with Al Gore. So wow. I got to like sit in a really circle cool. <laughs> with all of my other environmental, you know, justice friends. And have a conversation about what's going on in North Carolina with Al Gore. Like, it was amazing. So we got, you know, an hour to really just, like, tell him where we're at, what we're doing, how we're trying to, like, coordinate all of this activism. And he got to tell us about, you know, um, answer questions. You know, we got to do, like, a meet and greet and answer questions, ask questions and and so I actually ended up getting to stand with him and, you know, shake his hand and actually talk to him one-on-one, you know, That's before the revival. Cool. So this was, like, a huge deal for me. <laughs> Were you able to get a selfie with him? Do what? I didn't get a selfie. Okay, so I did not get a selfie because... When I actually got the chance to come up and talk to him, I just wanted to talk to him and shake his hand. And I didn't even, like, think to do a selfie because, for me, in that moment, it was more about my connection with him and not about getting a picture with him. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you told me you were like, I'm going to try to get a, I'm going to try to get a selfie with him. and. That would have been a perfect opportunity. I know. See, and that's the thing. I was like, before it, before I actually met him face to face, I was like, I'm going to get a selfie. I'm going to get a selfie. But then when I got there and I was like standing in front, directly in front of him, I just wanted to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was absolutely. like, screw the selfie. I'm not going to waste my time. I got, you know, I got a precious couple minutes here that I can have his attention. You know, just me and him face to face, eye to eye. Um, and I just don't want to waste it on a selfie. I just want to, like, experience this moment. Exactly, and sometimes it, that's more important is to have the actual experience of being in the moment instead of just, you know, trying to capture the moment. 
Because sometimes right, being in the exactly. moment is is nothing like trying to capture the moment. You just got to be there. Sometimes I think selfie culture is, uh, and the, the new um, taking picture culture, I feel like a lot of people are not as present in the moment of certain things like, you know, going to concerts or stuff as they used to be because everyone wants mm-hmm. to get it on camera. Everyone wants to take pictures. And sometimes it's just nice to just, like, put the phone away and just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right, and so that's that's exactly what happened. So that's what I did. I got there, and in that moment, it was more important to me to just connect on, like, a visceral level. Yeah. And And it's so funny because somebody ended up taking a picture of that yep. moment – and I didn't even know. <laughs> so I still got a picture well, of it anyway, but it wasn't it was nothing compared to the actual moment of meeting somebody that I admire so strongly and so deeply for so long. Yeah, I bet it was really amazing and it was really awesome and I I can't even imagine like meeting somebody like that. Right. I mean, you know, because like, you know, you know me, like back in the day, I would go to concerts all the time and we were always, you know, um, I've met so many like musicians and famous people and actors and stuff like that. And I never really had that feeling from it. But this is somebody that I admire like on a on a whole nother level, like his activism and his morals and, you know, him being so strong to, like, to, like, put himself Change out there and the face criticism for, to protect our community and protect our earth and protect the people, you know? Yeah, protect our world. It's, like, like, it's, like, actually much bigger than him, and he put himself out there for it. yeah. It's it's different. It's not the same. You know, right. like it's meeting not... a famous music, musician or something. This is somebody who's actually, like, doing something for the planet and for us, you know. Right, exactly. That's super cool. Cool. I'm, I'm really glad you got to do that. Uh, Me too. I mean, and just the whole revival, like, I encourage you, if you are not a part of the Poor People's Campaign and you're and you're interested in finding a way to connect with a national organization that is really doing good work in, you know, grassroots activism for, you know, people in poverty and for our communities and for our earth, you know, search them out. I'll put a link to their Facebook page on our Facebook page and all of that. I haven't even made the post yet, so I apologize for that, people, but I will get that up tonight, the post with the link and all of the links of the things that we're going to be, you know, discussing tonight. I will definitely get that up tonight. It just, it's been such a hectic day. Uh, I have a lot going on. We had somebody come in and look at our heat and AC. And so that was like a huge blow. You know, I'm really not looking forward to having to replace our entire heat and air system. The the quote, you know, 
was pretty devastating. So, you know, that's kind of been on my mind as well, trying to get that taken care of and and all of that. So, you know, but I, I promise, guys, I will definitely get that that post and those links up tonight. Yes, uh, thank you. Um, I'll try to look for a good um, a good picture or something to put with it as well. Awesome, that would be fantastic. I think maybe we should just take a selfie under the moon. Take this selfie. Yeah, we should. It should okay. be us. <laughs> You know. <sighs> yeah. So. So anything so, going good in your life you want to talk about, or anywhere interesting you've been lately, or? Uh, not really. There's nothing really interesting that I've done, or you know, anything I really want to talk about, except for dreaming. I'm really excited to talk about dreaming. Dreaming. Yes, that's like one of your, yeah, this is, and can we just like preface this with a little bit of like history of our dreaming conversations? Sure, yeah, go ahead. And kind of like where, why we're coming from, why we're doing this. So, um, you and I have been having conversations about dreams since you were very little, I remember um, talking about dreams with you your whole life. <laughs> you know? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And you've always been, um, you know, a very vivid dreamer. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I remember talking, telling you about um, some different, so I've had like recurring, I'm a recurring dreamer, mm-hmm. and and when I was younger, I would have um, foresight dreaming, so I remember, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, um, where you would dream and then it happens. How many yeah, how many people out there have had that happen where you have a dream and then you like experience what happened in your dream and then you're like, "Oh yeah, I dreamed this." I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have had that happen to them. Um, yeah. I've had have you ever had that happen? Oh yeah. It's not as much recently. Yeah. Recently I have more different kinds of dreams, but I've had that happen a lot more often when I was younger. Um, but I have a lot of different varieties of dreams, uh, kind of like, kind of different kind of like categories of dreams um, now. Right, I don't really have that. Right, so different categories of dreams. So, like, one of the things that I've come to kind of discover with the foresight dreaming is when I was younger, and I think this is the case for you as well when you were younger, when you're having those foresight dreams, it's almost like, because I wasn't actively um, engaging in intuitive acts and I wasn't really um, connected with my magic, it was like it was still coming out anyway. It was like leading me to 
a more magical life. Oh, yeah, I can see that. You see what I mean? Because I, I think that's a, when I talk to people, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, and they would they would say, you know, like my magical journey kind of began with this foresight dreaming where I was having like these dreams and then the more that I became aware, the more conscious I became, the more in tune and intuitive and aware of all these synchronicities that I became, the less I had those foresight dreams. That and that seems to be like sense, actually yeah, and so that seems to be like a common way. And so, you know, we were talking a little bit about how um, before the invention of visual entertainment, so, for example, before television, you know, dreams were a lot more vivid. And it would make sense that in our, you know, in this day and age, we're, you know, when we grow up very disconnected from our own personal magic, that our magic finds a way to manifest itself through our dreams. Oh my Because goodness. that's when your senses are down. I cannot tell you how many times people, especially guys, especially guys, I cannot mm-hmm. tell you how many times people have told me that they don't dream. They don't dream. <laughs> but that's not true. I'm sorry, guys. I, I know you think you don't dream, but you do dream. You dream every single night. Everyone dreams every single night. Um, you just don't remember your dreams. Right. But, right, because it's a scientific the- fact that everyone enters that dreamscape every single night. Like, they've proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you do dream. You are dreaming. So... So let's talk a little bit about how you can go about just getting in touch with your dreams, just remembering that you're dreaming. If this is something that's calling to you, that you feel like you need to be more in tune with your dreams, what are some different things um, that you can do? Well, um, for me, what I I can talk about what I have done to remember my dreams better. Um because yeah, I, definitely. I um, personal experience is very, very key in this because I feel like when we share our personal experiences and people recognize those experiences, um, it creates a stronger connection to that experience. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, I went through periods where I would dream every night and then I wouldn't dream at all. Like I would block it out, not remember it. And then I would dream every night. And then I got to the point where I wanted to remember my dreams better. I wanted to remember them more vividly. I wanted to remember more details because I would have intense, complicated, complex, different dreams that would lead into each other. And I would remember them and dream them. And then I would forget them. So, I decided to start keeping a dream journal a couple years ago, and I filled several notebooks with uh, dream journals or with with dreams. And the more, even if it's just, even if you barely remember anything, if you write down what you barely remember, some vague, something vague, if you write down something that you dreamed every day when you wake up, 
as soon as you wake up, before you do anything else, you'll get better and better and better at recalling your dreams, retaining those dreams, and write, and, and you'll be able to remember them more and more because uh, the physical act of writing it down um, helps you to retain it. So what one day you, you might, you know, not remember anything. You might remember, oh, I had a feeling of being scared or a feeling of, of, of trepidation or, like, I feel anxious or, like, I saw, like, a blue chair or something. Just anything like that. If you, if you continue to do it every night, you'll start writing out your complex, vivid dreams. And you'll right. remember them so more. That's, right, exactly. And that's very interesting because, so that's really, if you're interested in developing dreaming at all, that's a very good place to start. Um, at least remember, you know, you, yeah, because you have to start with really just connecting and remembering what, what you're, what you're dreaming, what you're dreaming, what you're dreaming, and so what's going on there, you know? Right. Um, so, do you you keep a journal like right next to your bed, and then as soon as you wake up, you would take a couple of minutes to just jot down like little. You know, um, sometimes you'll draw a little picture or, you know, whatever yes. relating to the yes. dream. Uh, yes, I do. I keep it um, right beside me on my bed. Uh, I make sure to have a pen. And sometimes it will take me a couple minutes. Sometimes I won't remember very much. And sometimes I'll, it'll take me a whole hour to write down exactly what I dreamed and how each dream transitioned into the next dream and Sometimes it'll be more visual and that I'll need to, like, write down some of what's going on and then draw out visually. You know, if you're a more of a visual person, that can help, too. I've drawn, you know, pictures of dreams. It's, it's interesting. But, yeah, I think if you're interested in dreaming and doing dream work and stuff, uh, it's best to start just trying to remember what you dream. And then we can go into more intricate stuff. Right, right. So that's a definitely a good place to start. And some people may want to just um, stop there. Some people may just want to, you know, try to interpret those dreams and just start there. So, right, that's very true. And they may just be like, you know what, I just want to see what my dreams are telling me. You know, like I feel like I have some blocks. Or something like that. So there's like different kinds of dream categories. So you have like yes. psychological yeah. healing dreams. You have belief yeah, that's dreams. We, yeah, where we go into the different kinds of dreams that people have and can have. Right. So, right, because when you're once you start writing your dreams down, then you can start to kind of interpret, like, why am I having this dream? Is this just some crazy nonsense from my subconscious mind? Is it just my imagination? But generally, you have there's a there's a reason behind it. It's very rare. I mean, I don't know anybody that just has a dream that doesn't mean anything or has no significance whatsoever. When you're dreaming, everything is significant. Every dream is significant, whether, you know, and that's where we'll get into, like, the different kinds of dreams. So this 
the dream categories, so this is categories of actual dreams that you will be having. So they could be, um, like I was saying, psychological healing dreams. So these dreams could be disturbing or nightmares or um, some kind of negativity, or but it's all meant to heal stresses or... You know, it's not really. ways for your. It's not meant to heal. It's meant to bring it from your subconscious up to your to your conscious. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant right. to make you aware of what you're not dealing with, and it doesn't even have to be like super harsh or anything. You could just be stressed out from work, and then you're dreaming about like, you know, something stressful. You know, it's just meant to bring the the bad stuff that you have up to. The conscious from the subconscious, right? So then you can have um, belief dreams. So belief dreams are like, for example, you feel like it's a message from outside of yourself. So like in the Bible or the Quran or um, lots of different holy texts from all different religions. There are always people that are receiving dreams from outside of themselves. Right. They can be like message dreams. They could be like either spirits or, you know, um, if you want to go into that, you know, spirits or spirit guides or beings not in this in this in this plane of existence or this dimension or anything. It could be from outside. Right, so some people might think, okay, well, this angel, it was an angel, or I'm just putting yeah. it in, like, different contexts. Like, you you know, it could be, like, an angel, it could be an alien, it could be just a spirit guide, whatever it could be an ancestor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, but it's usually going to manifest or it's going to conform to your beliefs. Yeah that message is generally going to conform to your beliefs. So if you're like a very strong Christian, you're going to you're going to interpret that dream as it was a message from an angel. Or if you're um you know, a pagan and you don't believe in angels, you're it's going to be from like your pantheon or you know, that's how it's going to, you know, because I don't want to dismiss anyone's beliefs. So I'm saying, like, you know, that would be the same. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like, right, you know, based on your beliefs. So then you have, like, problem-solving dreams. So problem, um, problem-solving dreams are, oh, somebody's, talking about yes we're gonna we're gonna get to um how to help remember your dreams and some different things that you can do um so problem solving dreams are uh like if you have some kind of issue that you are trying to solve that you can't quite work out in your consciousness a lot of times your your subconscious will help you find the answer in your dreams so you've had this problem, you can't figure it out, you're just, you know, you're not sleeping well, you just it's bothering you, it's getting to you, 
and then you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to have the answer. So it's it's going to be a way for your for the answer to come to you because it's a way that your subconscious can bring that answer forward without any um you know without any uh static you know it can just come out in that way right and there's also um there's also dreams that are just meant to be um your your subconscious just processing like you know those are the crazy dreams that usually don't mean anything and yes people do have those sometimes where they just don't mean anything it's just random it's just your subconscious processing stuff there those dreams are are there right it's like right just processing subconscious dreams and then it's 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 different than there's so other kinds of like so those would be under the category of like dreams of daily life that are not necessarily symbolic, there's no hidden messages, they're just kind of like ways for your brain to, like like you were saying, process your daily life, get through what's going on, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you, you also can have uh, physiological dreams. So an example of, like, a physiological dream could be where you're, like, dreaming that you're cold, but your, like, blanket fell off of you while you were asleep. Yeah. Some people have had... Oh, I was going to ask, has anyone ever dreamed that they got up and went to the bathroom uh, because they needed to use the bathroom, but they didn't actually get up? They were asleep? Yes, I actually have had a dream like that before. I have had a dream yeah. where I thought I was, like, getting up to go tinkle, and I wet the bed because I was just too tired, exhausted, too sleepy. And um, so, yeah, that's that's definitely a common thing. I know a lot of people who have done that before. I have dreams like that. Now, I don't wet the bed constantly, but I have a lot of dreams where, like, I'll dreaming, I'll be dreaming that I'll, I'll get up and I'll go to the restroom, and then I realize that I'm not, I'm not up, I'm not awake, because I'll be really into the dream. Uh, it'll, I don't know, my dreams get really complex and complicated, and I do a lot of different kinds of dreaming. So, right, right. So yeah, I think that's a really common thing. You know, you're dreaming that it's cold, but you don't have, but your blanket's not on you, or you're dreaming that, you know, you're in the desert and you're so thirsty, but you're really just thirsty, and you, you know, like you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm so thirsty. Yeah. Um, so uh, we can also talk about. I'm just going to kind of go qu- quickly through the rest of the list. Compensatory dreams. So those are dreams that reveal our the dark side of our personality or our shadow self. You know, um, it, it could be a dream that, you know, you're stealing. You're stealing something. But you, you're not, but, like, maybe there's a part of you that wants the thrill of stealing something. Or maybe oh, yeah. you really want to, like, fuss at somebody. Like somebody's really upset you, but and you and you fuss at them in your dream. 
but mm-hmm. that's you know so that way you still get to but you don't want to do it in real life because you know you that makes you feel like a bad person or whatever so that's considered your shadow self so in your dream that's a way for your shadow self to like express itself you know yeah that's all psychological stuff yeah, so it's psychological. I mean, there is psychological. There's psychological dreams, but there's also the fun dreams. I call them the fun dreams, but they're, they they can be very uh, intense. Um, yes. The, the non-psychological so, ones. Right. Exactly. So you have, like, kind of, like, like physical psychology that's that happens in your dreams, you know, like, like real world things that you're trying to deal with and figure out and and express and and you know kind of explore through your dreams. So, but and we all you also have recurring dreams. So I've I've had a lot of recurring dreams. Like the one that I always remember, I had recurring dreams for like a really really long time of like eight shadow beings being around me. Like I I was never sure if I was like legitimately being abducted by aliens when I was a child like I had those dreams so often that I really thought that I was being abducted right yeah you had um yeah those those recurring dreams a lot um then we had like lucid dreams we have psychic dreams and prophetic dreams and nightmares so I I kind of want to talk a little bit like more about lucid dreams. Um, you know I don't want to go on too awful much about them though, but they're very interesting, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, um I wanted to talk a little bit about some different ways to lucid dreams. So, um. I'm trying to think of what it's called, but, oh, reality checks. So one of the ways that you can help your dreams is by doing reality checks. You know what, can, do you want to explain a reality check? Um, no, go ahead, you can do it. Okay. Um, so, for example, looking at your watch. So let's say you're trying to train yourself to lucid dream, and that's where you can go into your dream and you can have a little bit of control over what you're dreaming and how it's going. It seems very real and very vivid, and <clears throat> and you're aware that you're dreaming. So if you're lucid dreaming and you're aware that you're dreaming and you want to like build control, like you've gotten to the point where you're, you know, you're very aware of your dreams while they're happening and you want to be able to manipulate the dream, doing a doing um doing a reality check is really helpful because um Doing a re- reality check is very helpful because while you're in the dream, you can say, okay, am I dreaming? And you can look at your watch. So in your dream, your watch is going to look different than it does look in reality. So that's just a quick, you know, thing about re- um, lucid dreaming. And if you're interested, and I must do a disclaimer because I did want to talk a little bit about dreaming, um, dreaming herbs. 
So was there anything else about the types of dreaming that you wanted to talk about? Oh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of different types of dreaming I wanted to talk about. Yes. So what, do you, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about, like, astral projection and, like... Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, That's a good yes. Yeah, we, we still have plenty of time that we can go. We can go um, as long as you want. So we have plenty of time if you want to... Um, to get into that that's a great I mean see that's the thing the subject of dreaming is really just so massive I'm glad we have so much time to kind of like touch a lot of different things yeah so okay so um I don't I don't really know where to start because uh, you were talking about lucid dreaming and that's really cool uh well be, way to dream I kind of feel like I kind of feel like lucid dreaming is like the baby of astral dreaming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to, like, work on lucid dreaming before. You can't just, like, jump into astral dreaming without doing other work. Really? Because I do. I'm bad at lucid dreaming, but I astral dream all the time. That's so interesting. Like, that's very unusual, though. That's very rare. Most people cannot astral dream at all without, like, doing a lot of work towards, like, lucid dreaming and things like that. No, I'm I'm bad at lucid dreaming. So talk about astral dreaming. Like, where... So where do you want to start? So how did you start astral dreaming? Like, how did you... Did it just naturally happen and then you kind of got better at it yeah pretty much um i just started doing it i tried to lucid dream for like a while uh i i mean i astral dreamed before i ever tried to lucid dream i was just more i was better at astral dreaming i just did it like it wasn't and i was conscious at some point but i wasn't necessarily like fully lucid dream conscious but I would be aware that I was in a dream, uh-huh. or I was, I was, you know, um, not. I was dreaming. I was asleep, but I was out of my body. I had experiences like that um, my whole life. Um, I've tried to lucid dream so that I could have full control over my dreams and stuff, and like do whatever I wanted to do. But it just doesn't work for me. I just it's like. It's like my astral self already knows what to do. <laughs> it's like, okay, right. we got this. Yeah, and I feel like that's uh, that's like a natural talent for you, and your talent se- tends to be in the spiritual realm as it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's definitely a gift that you have. So do you want to talk a little bit more about, like, dreams astral dreams or what does it feel like when you astral dream Um, like well it depends on of course the dream it depends on when you astral dream typically it's basically your astral self or like your spiritual body or whatever you want to consider it your ghost your your spirit whatever whatever you want to consider it um you're still connected to your body but you know your 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 spirit knows where to go. 
but you basically leave your body and go somewhere else. Um, that could be anywhere. You've been, because we've talked about dreams a lot, you've been to the other side of the galaxy. I typically don't go that far. I typically, right. whenever I, but yeah, I don't, that's not the way that but I But when go. that I happened, <laughs> yeah, but see, okay, so, but when that happened, there was a lot, a lot of work that went into that. It was, um, you know, I had to get up my uh my meditation and my um you know my meditation stamina like at that point at that particular time when i um astral projected and was taken to the um other side of the universe it i was meditating for 4 hours at a time like literally i was in meditation um yeah. in a trance doing a self-induced trance, like, it was very, very difficult. It took a lot. It was very time-consuming for me to get to that point. And then, yeah, you were doing that um, to do it. Right. So it it wasn't like a natural, um, it just happened. It was, it was a lot of work. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it takes a lot of energy to, like, be connected to your body in this, in this, in this dimension, in this world, and then to, like, your spirit to travel across the galaxy, even though it's not quite the same, it's it's still a lot of work, you know? I wouldn't want to try to do that. And I don't. I just do different weird things whenever I... I go to weird places whenever I astral. Um. And so, um, so we talk about... Um, astral dreaming we've got to talk about wild man because wild man is an astral traveler and he (laughs) has shown up in people's dreams many times and he also i think that's like a natural gift for him yeah he's pretty cool i've dreamed with him before he always, I always let him take take me. Like I'm like, where do you want to go? Like we'll be in the dream together, and he, I'm like, where do you want to go? He's like, uh, I want to go look at some penguins, and then we will. He'll take me, and we'll go to like the South Pole and go chill with some penguins. Like okay, his dreams. Whenever I dream with him, they're always very very fun and very light and very cool. Right. Um, so exactly. And, um, and then, you know, you get up the next day and you're like, Keegan, did, or, you know, wild man, did you come in my dreams? And he was like, yeah, we went to da, 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 da. And, um, you know, he'll just or tell he'll you exactly where you remember. went. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't or, remember, or he but won't. like one day he was like, yeah, we went to Mars. And I was like, that's okay. That makes sense. It looks like Mars, you know? <laughs> So yeah, so he's, yeah he's and that's really and that's really interesting and that's kind of like you know the joy of like a child's mind when they have a gift like that that they take you you know he's taken me to you know a forest glen and um you know different different things so uh yeah 
you can um, so you got to kind of you find up. your specific you got to f- kind of find your specific um gift you know some people may not have like a m- much of a gift for particular dreaming but um other people may so you just got to kind of find well, what works for you yeah, and, you know, you can always get better with practice. You never know your limits until you push them. Right. Right, I, I agree. Mean, I definitely agree. Um, some people, like, you know, you're very gifted in um, spirit communications and astral dreaming and, and all of that. So it's not it's not hard for you to no. to have those experiences. But some people may need some help. You know, some people may need to, like, really practice with, like, meditation and dream journal for a yeah. really long time. Or yes, even there's a lot of things you can do to help you uh, get better at it or, you know, to develop whatever kind of thing you want to do. Right. So, I mean, you know, or or you may need, to, you know, the help of a shaman or some some type of spiritual practitioner to lead you in a dream journey. You know, the Native Americans were very, you know, they're very known for their dream journeys. Right, yeah. Uh, um, and it, you know, and it, and or, or you may, may need herbs, like, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk a little bit about herbs. Because if you're looking for some help with dreaming, you know, um, that's one of the things that I had to do. Like I had, there were several times when I felt like there was a dream message that I couldn't quite reach. And, you know, I tried some different herbs. Now, is it time for a medical disclaimer? Uh, Probably. Okay. Medical disclaimer, don't use any herbs without consulting your physician. Make sure that, um, you know, you are working with. You're working with I'm sorry, were you not done? I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Yes, you did. It's okay. You can continue doing the medical disclaimer. Okay, let me continue with the medical disclaimer real quick, and then I'll, I'm sorry. I got distracted for like a second. I did not, totally not mean to interrupt you there. Um, medical, it got really like, the sage got really smoky in here, so I had to like open the door because it was starting to like choke me a little bit. So I got a little distracted. I apologize for that. You got to put some water um, in it. Yeah, that's what I just did. I just had to do that. Um, so medical disclaimer, always consult an official herbalist when you're discussing, um, ingesting any kind of herbs. Continue. I I apologize. Your doctor. Your doctor. Definitely your doctor. Um, you know, because if, if you're taking medications and things like that, you know, you have to know what's safe and what's not safe. And um, what's safe for one person may not be safe for someone else. So that's why you have to make sure that, um, you know, it's it's going to be safe for you personally. 
don't take anyone else's word for it other than a professional. Right. So, I'm sorry, continue. Oh, we were discussing okay. astral dreams. Ahead. You can go ahead and talk about the, the herb stuff. I've never taken any stuff for um, dreaming, any herbal stuff. Yes, but you are an amazing dreamer. You are an amazing dreamer. You um, you just have that, that gift, and you're very connected to the dream world. Yeah, um, I really... You've gotten in trouble? Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? you want to tell your experience? I don't want the government to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we can talk about that, yeah, there, there could be some, you could have negative experiences from doing lucid dreaming. Be careful. Um, Don't sleep go paralysis. You're not supposed to go. Huh? I said, be careful. Don't go places that you're not supposed to go. I went places astrally where I knew I wasn't supposed to go, but I did it anyway. And I got caught by the astral police, and they did not like it. Don't go to Atlantis. Don't. 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 Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Be aware. Um, I remember you Be telling aware. me about that. Yes. Do, now, do you do you ever experience sleep paralysis? Um. Yeah, I have before, in different uh, occasions and in different ways. You have to be careful with that, too. That is probably that. one of the most terrifying things that I I experience with dreaming. And um, I didn't used to, like, um, when I was, you know, much younger, I had sleep paralysis a lot. And then I went through, like, a 10-year period where I you know, or not even 10, maybe like eight-year period where I really w- wasn't remembering my dreams. And I never had sleep paralysis. And then about a year ago, I started having sleep paralysis again. Yeah, what do you think caused that? Um, I don't know how much I want to get into that. Um, well, I've been feeling like, I have been feeling like, um, there are forces in the astral realm that are trying to interfere with my spiritual journey. And, I agree. Um, Gotta watch out for the astral police. Like, that's a real thing. Right. Don't get caught. If you get caught, it's not my fault. Um, disclaimer. Um, if you have yes. trouble uh, getting back into your body, if you feel like you're stuck, you you should probably not be doing it. So <laughs> you got to be careful when you do stuff like that. Um, it, you can right, be and always do. Um, you know, try to do things like do a reality check. Have a um, have try to have a way out. 
if you're stuck yeah, in a dream, this, try to prepare, you know, be aware. I have stuff doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you know, you guys should do that stuff. So right. um, take baby steps. Take baby steps. And, um, with and you, do the if work. You, if you feel like you're at that, that point where you can do um, higher level things and, um, you know, go places and stuff like that, just be very, very careful. You could leave your body available to uh, inhabitants if you if you don't have a strong connection with your body, you know, stuff like that. Um, and you don't, I certainly would not want to be responsible for anyone trying to uh, go some places and they get caught or they leave their body un, unguarded or anything like that. So just be very mindful and be very careful. Right. And if, and if you do something that like that and you get caught or something, it's, it's not my fault. <laughs> right. Well, and that's where um, kind of looking at this as a whole and always protecting your body and being aware and things like that are really helpful. Um, but just, you know, exploring these different topics is, um, I think, really helpful because, you know, you got to kind of like figure out where you fit in that and what is your goal. You know, what is your, you know, set a goal? Like, is your goal to, like, remember your dreams better? You know, if your goal yeah. is to remember your dreams better, you know, just start journaling. If your goal is to, like, learn something from your dreams, start journaling and then start doing interpretation and then kind of looking at what kind of dream was this intuitively yeah. and then working on intuitive things. And if you're... If you're, you know, um, another thing, uh, some people don't know this, but um, when you uh, consume cannabis, you don't, you, it's almost impossible to remember your dreams. So, for example, if you're someone that has PTSD and is having a lot of nightmares, if cannabis is legal where you live, that's a good option because it blocks those dreams. So I know a lot of people that are daily cannabis users that never remember their dreams, and that's because that's one of the side effects of cannabis. So, you know, not it's know not that. legal here in North Carolina, but there it is legal in a lot of places. Um, CBD will have the same effect. So CBD is legal everywhere now. Hemp CBD is legal in all 50 states. So that's also an option, you know, CBD oil. If you're having, you know, severe nightmares, that's that's something that will help with that. Legal disclaimer, consult your physician. But um, so that's if you don't want to have dreams, you know, because there, there right. are some people who don't want to have dreams as well. Yeah, they're just not ready. They're just not ready to, to deal with them. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know they're still they're still in the recovery process or you know whatever wherever you are in you know in your life if you don't want to remember your dreams you know that would be something that you would look into I don't know if I'm sure there are other medicines out there that will block your dreaming 
but um, you can always consult a physician. But I do know that, like, you know, CBD oil is over-the-counter. That's readily available. Um, I mean, you can still consult a physician, but um, that's one thing that, you know, if you don't want to dream, you know. Yeah. That All right, might so why don't, you go into some, uh, why don't you start going into some dreaming herbs? Are there any herbs that that are, you know, anti-dreaming? I guess. Well, yeah, cannabis or CBD. That's an anti-dreaming. Those are anti-dreaming herbs. What um, other herbs? I don't know of any other herbs. I've actually looked that up before, and I don't know of any other herbs. I would have to. I could probably Google it real quick, but um, I'd rather get into the to the dreaming herbs, so, the good, you know, if okay. you want to dream more. Um. You know, I'll I'll look it up and then I'll put some links on the post for anti-dreaming herbs. Um, So so, what are some common dreaming herbs and what's, and how do they help you dream? Like, how do they, okay. So probably the most common, most well-known dreaming herb, um, and one that I've personally um, used is Kalea Zacatechichi. So, and I'll put a link to that in in the post because you know it's going to be hard to like say it. So, I mean, spell it all out on the air. <clears throat> so, Kalea Zacatechichi is a Mexican dream herb, and so that's for a clearer, clearer dream. So, if you're wanting to. Um, have more clarity in your dreams, remember your dreams better. It will help you with um, lucid dreaming. It will help with um, astral dreaming. So if you're wanting to do like astral projection and you don't want to like, you know, ingest like a full psychedelic, excuse me, if you don't want to ingest like a full psychedelic, like Kalea Zacatechichi is a very, you know, it's a very safe herb. Um, You know, you consult your physician, but for the most part, it's considered um, probably one of the safest herbs to ingest. Uh, I can tell you, you can use it two ways. So you can make a tea or you can smoke it. Um, I can tell you from experience, uh, the tea is incredibly bitter and disgusting. <laughs> it's really? probably one of the, yes, it's it's so bitter that I could barely ingest it. And um right. Yes, I did it. No, it's incredibly bitter. It's so it's just the the nature of the herb. Um it just is bitter. Uh, which is, you know, it's That's it's horrible. earthy. It's it's you know, it's nature. It's not gonna yeah. taste good because it, nature's not like this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for no. you know, just drink this tea and feel a little high. It does not make you feel high no. at all whatsoever. You literally um you can smoke it or drink an infusion or smoke and drink an infusion and then lay down and go to sleep. What did you do? And 
Uh, I've done both. So I've done just the smoking, I've done just the tea, and I've done smoking and tea. So what are the and effects every, of each of And so um, every single time that I used uh, the Kalea Zakata Chichi, I never dreamed until the next day. So the next day, um, I would take it, I would go to sleep, I would like not remember any of my dreams, I would just sleep all night, and then I would get up, go, you know, get up early, regular time, whatever, do do my stuff, and then about one o'clock in the afternoon that next day, I would just be overwhelmingly sleepy and I would have to take a nap and when I took the nap that's when I had the um the crazy like super vivid very intense dreams so if you you know and you can and you know it's best to set your intention, and um, also I never give dosages because I want people to, you know, not to just go by what I say. But there are lots of lots of information out there about dosing and things like that. But um, you know, I would always like set my intention because I I felt like there was like something that I needed to to learn that I couldn't really like get a good grasp of. It was just you know right outside of my grasp. So that's what I was using it for is, like, I wanted it, you know, I felt like the dreaming was the way for me to, like, access that information that I needed. So um, so that's Kalea Sakatichichi. Um, like I said, that's one of the most common ones. Um, Where could you find that? Uh, you can find it online. You can find it at pretty much any herbal shop anywhere. You know, any any kind of apothecary that carries, you know, uh, common um, herbs should have Kalea Zakatichichi. It's it's a very it's the most common dream herb. Oh, I didn't I didn't know it was the most common. Yeah, it's it's extremely common. Like um, a lot of people that do like herbal work w- would be aware of it. So if you were seeking out like um, an herbalist, you know, and if somebody, if they're selling Kalea Zacatechichi, they um, they more than likely are very uh, knowledgeable about it. So, you know, you can always reach out to someone in that in that perspective and get yeah, information about it. Yeah. Right. So, what's the next dreaming herb on your agenda? Um, okay, so the next one that I wanted to talk about that is also very commonly used for astral work but um, definitely needs a disclaimer is mugwort. Ooh. Artemisia virus. So, and that is used, that has been used for thousands of years for professional prophetic dreaming so if you're trying to like see the future or astral traveling and so its name Artemisia vulgaris um, literally translates to dreaming plant oh yeah 
so um you know you can also that that's an herb you can um smoke it or burn it as incense or you can um if you don't want to like you know smoke i mean you know you don't some people don't want to smoke um but you can burn it as incense if you wanted to do that instead um sometimes um people report that um it really unlocks their shadow self so you may want to have a sitter if you're doing um if you're using mugwort for astral work so um you Isn't know that's crazy? something to take uh it it is for so that's the caution Okay, so the caution is if you're allergic to plants in the daisy family or if you are pregnant, do not be do not touch the do not touch mugwort, do not drink it, do not smoke it, don't even put anything around a pregnant woman because mugwort relaxes your uterus and like causes you to basically go into labor. Really? Wow. Yes. I'm glad that you said yes. that. <laughs> So that's a definitely a caution. And, you know, obviously if you're pregnant or nursing or you have any kind of, like, health conditions, <clears throat> you know, don't, this is not, you know, the herbs are not for you. <clears throat> because there's always right. going to be a risk with any kind of, like, psychedelic. And these are all considered psychedelics, but they're all legal. And, you know, they're all right. herbal psychedelics. So, um and I've never used mugwort either. I've never used mugwort either. Um, another one that I kind of want to touch on that I have used is um, Nymphaea cerulea. So Nymphaea cerulea is blue lotus. That was used oh, by yeah. the Egyptians. Right, blue lotus. So blue lotus was used by the Egyptians for um, for prophetic dreaming so it's not the actual lotus flower so it's a different kind of lotus nymphaea is the blue lotus and it's it was always used um like a a sacrament it was used spiritually it wasn't used in the same way that um it doesn't give you the opiate effects that the other lotus would so um it's so that's another one that I have used, and I've used it both um, by smoking and by drinking, and both. So I tried it um, in a tea. I tried it. I tried it just smoking it, and I also tried it smoking it and a tea. And I tried, and I also made a tea of um, the blue lotus and the Kalea Zacatechichi at once. And so the so, night that I did the blue lotus with the Kalea Zacatechichi um, all in one herbal concoction was I, I did have, like, very, very strong, vivid dreams all night long. Wow. So for me, it was it was the combination of the two that really, like, gave me the result that I was looking for. So what about the, again, what I, about the, uh, the blue lotus itself? 
just doing the blue lotus itself didn't really improve my um it made my dreams a little bit more easy a little easier to remember it made um my dreams a little more colorful if that's it's kind of hard to explain but it made them a little more vibrant yeah like the colors were just brighter and and it did help me sleep so after I used it, it made me a little bit sleepy, so it kind of like really, it kind of relaxed me into sleep, whereas the Kalea Zacatechichi did not do that at all. It didn't give me any kind of sleeping feeling, but the Blue Lotus did, and then when I used oh. them both together, that's when I had like, you know, that's when I woke up and I wrote, <laughs> you know, yeah. pages of, you know, messages that I was trying to to get. So, and then you have um, a couple of other herbs that, um, you know, you have uh, Antata, Rahiti, which is the African dream bean. That's for, like, spiritual communications. Um, asparagus, racemosis, uh, which is for spiritual alignment, so that's like that's used in Ayurvedic medicine, um, and they also oh. call that uh, wild asparagus. Yeah, they have um, Selene capensis, which is the Zosa dream root for prophetic prophetic dreams. So if you know, you got to kind of find like what is your goal. Um, you know, are you just trying to, you know. Have or do you want to have a profit dream? Do you want to like learn about the future? Do you want to have um, more visual dreams? Are you just trying to remember your dreams and experience them? Are you trying to work on astral traveling or lucid dreaming? Um, and then you have like Haima <clears throat> Haima which is for memories. So if you're having a hard time with um, remembering like something that's holding you back and you want to like remember it in your dreams where you have a little bit where it's a little bit easier that would be a good one for that so are you going to put links in the in the yes description or whatever before because I'm sure people would like right exactly I will definitely put like links where you can find um, all of these different things and, you know, talk about lucid dreaming and astral dreaming. And if you have any links that you would like to share about astral dreaming, like that would be fantastic because, you know, um, I've I've done a little bit of astral dreaming, but a lot of that, it was like very difficult. (laughs) It took a lot of work. It didn't come to me very easily. Yeah, it 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 you know everyone needs to to practice in order to get you know good at it. Some stuff right. comes more easily to people than others, you know. Right. Yes, and you know, and and yes, people have had dangerous situations in the astral plane. Um, yeah. So one of our listeners was talking the about they've heard uh-huh. people. They've heard people's scary stories, like, yes, there are some very scary stories. Um, the people that I know that have had very scary stories 
where they were um, legitimately intending to astral project, but um, like I have a friend who was astral projecting, but she's like um, very traumatized and was just doing it for no good reason just because she wanted to, and she had like some really scary situations, and then she would like never, she totally shut down, and she's still like hard to like heal, so... You know, you don't yeah. want it to be a barrier it to be um, a healing or, like, you know, a positive experience. And you have to, like, set your intention. Like, that's very important when you're doing these things is to, to set your intention for having positive experiences. So, you know, most of the people I know when they're setting, like, you know, positive intentions, you know, and coming at it from that direction, they tend to have better experiences and that's just like a generalization not like specifically what's going to happen yeah cleanse your space cleanse your mind you know get get all that negative energy out before you like go to sleep or before you try to astral project you know make sure that you whatever do whatever you do to set like a space if you're if you're really like nervous about it and you know just kind of Go with the flow and feel what you need to do. Make sure you have your Exactly. Exactly. So, step one, journal. Yeah. I'm going to repeat that. Step one, journaling. Get in touch with your dreams and what, you know, what you're already experiencing. If that's what yep. you want. No point and in if that's not what you want. Not gonna remember it. Yeah. Right. It's no point in like trying to ask project if you're not gonna remember it. That you're totally correct. So what yeah, do you got? We're coming up on. We got about. Yeah, we got about twenty minutes left. So, what? What is there? Anything else you wanted to like cover? Um. No. Just journal, guys. Be safe. Uh. Set your intentions um, and, you know, get into it. It's really fun. It can be really, really fun and really enjoyable. It can be very profound. Absolutely. It can be a lot of things. So you have anything coming up in your life that you want to share with anyone or, you know, any way we got coming up? I think our next show is going to be, um, we have the option to do the show on the 29th. Because the first week in um, September is going to be the World Wicca Summit. And um, so we won't be on that night. So if you want, we can come back and do the show on Wednesday the 29th. Or you won't hear from us until, hold on a second, September the 19th. So... I don't know. We, we'll have to decide. We haven't decided yet if we're going to do the show on the 29th or if we're just oh, going to um, yeah. come back. But yeah. we'll keep everyone updated, obviously, and let you know what we're what we're planning. Um, we have some some guests. We were contacted by a pagan children's author, and I was looking at her books, and they look adorable 
They are so cute. Her name is Christina Bonham, and she has a couple of books that are self-published, and they're called Legacy and How Luna Became a Fairy and Little Witch Girl. And they are just enchanting delights for pagan children. And we will be having her on the show soon. So um, super looking forward to that. Yeah, the only thing I really have coming up is uh, your birthday. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, on so Friday um, for. So for my birthday, I'm going to Nona's house and right. um, spending some time with Nona and uh, because that's what I want to do for my birthday. And I will be going to Owl and Ivy and connecting with some pagan artisans there on uh, Friday. And then Saturday, I'm doing a I'm going to um, a political event, and then Sunday. The Laughing Brook in um, Huntersville, North Carolina, is having uh, an event. And the Laughing Brook, did I tell you the story about the Laughing Brook? I don't think, I don't know how much time we have. We've got about 15 minutes. Let me tell you this. Did I tell you the story about the Laughing Brook? No. They have, they have a cabinet there. So the Laughing Brook is like this. Um, it's a pagan shop in Huntersville, North Carolina, and they have a cabinet there that is filled with dark magic items. Oh yeah, you did tell me about that actually, but right. you can still talk about it. So this cabinet, <laughs> and it's very interesting because. You know, this cabinet, you can feel the dark the dark magic items. Like, you can literally feel them from, like, when you cross the threshold of the store. You can feel it. This is a, this is such a strongly, powerfully magic shop that, um, if you're anywhere in the Charlotte area, in Charlotte, North Carolina, if you're anywhere in that area, I extremely highly recommend that you check out the Laughing Brook because it is intense. It is so intense. I don't think I've ever been in a magical shop that was so thick with magic. This This place is... One hundred percent, the real deal. <clears throat> the the items that are in uh, that shop, huh? Thicker than the one in Greensboro because they're pretty thick in Greensboro. See, but that they're thick shop. in a different way. They are they're so sunshiny. Okay. Yes, that spot in Greensboro is one of the sunshiniest pagan spots that I've ever. It's very, very sunshiny. It's so sunshiny. Um, but this spot, the Laughing Brook, is it's got a completely different like aura to it. Hmm. You know I what didn't I mean? feel like the shop in Greensboro was sunshiny at all. 
So I'm really curious as to how the Laughing Brook would feel to me. Well, maybe maybe we can go. We we should definitely take a trip to Huntersville. Okay, I will drive. I wanna go. I'm not kidding. I want to go. Okay, really bad. Okay, well we'll talk about it when we get out there. So okay. Um, <laughs> So they're having an event. They're having like a meet and greet. And I'm telling you what, I, I would love to go to this. It's 4 p.m. on Sunday in Huntersville at the Laughing Brook. Don't eat the food. Don't eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to That's be funny. Said. I'm not trying to be funny, but like, I mean, you know, go check it out. It's pretty it's it's intense but i'm not gonna eat the food (laughs) it is it's the coolest spot they got some really great place they just they have some really interesting things in there the the vibe in there is very thick um if you're sensitive at all you'll you'll feel it when you get out of your car if you don't feel it before then um so yeah, and um, so that's it. We got like you know some different things coming up. Got some you know different political things coming up. I'm going out to Allen Ivy. Be looking for um, some Allen Ivy guests. Maybe we can like uh, you know talk about going to Laughing Brook if we do go on Sunday. Uh, you know. We'll have to we'll have to document it for the show. Maybe we'll get some uh, some yeah. uh Yeah, we'll have to like document it for the show. It'll be great. All right. And I just wanted watch. to plug again. I know they talked about this on the show before, but there's um the article out right now, twenty five most influential living pagans. And so I know a couple of people on that list and I was super excited to see Selena was on the list. Um, Jason uh Mankey was on the list, so Jason Mankey does the opposite Wednesdays of us, so we're this Wednesday and he's next Wednesday, and um, Pamit's Porch follows uh, Jason's show. And then um, the editor, Heather Green, for The Wild Hunt, she was on the list, so that was awesome. She's amazing. Wow. She does a lot of work you know, promoting the pagan, so I thought that was just a really great list. I'll try to um, add that list cool. onto the yeah, it's really cool. So, so are we gonna go ahead and uh, start signing off here and let everyone? Yeah, so let's get sleep. let's sign off. Let me let me find our uh, our goodbye song. Um, let me say goodbye before you play the song, please. Okay, so when it good night, everyone. We will see you soon. And I hope everyone has a blessed month. Enjoy the rest of Leo season. Make the most of it. Release those burdens. Get you a dream journal, and we will see you soon. All right, yeah. And this is uh, Petals and Potions uh, signing off. I just wanted to tell everyone good night and uh, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.
of a dead a son of sun a tear wiped away with a smile all of my life I have seen many offerings to the gods and all the wonder that they hold but how many people really can Hear the pipes of Pan As they sound across our sacred land of old I can see a cloven hoof falling On the bare skin of the earth I can see life returning Feel the triple one's rebirth Golden light dapples across the woodland As the piper dances and plays his tune And the hunter horned one Spirit of man of my life I have seen many offerings to the gods and all the wonder that they hold but how many people really can hear the pipes of Pan as they sound across our sacred land of old can you hear of Pan on the warm summer breeze If you can Can you feel him deep within you As he penetrates the land May blossom to the bee The nectar of love is on her skin Turns as passions rise and Beltane's dance begins once again. All of my life I have seen many offerings to the gods and all the wonder that they hold, but how many people really can? Hear the pipes of Pan As they sound across our sacred land of old All of my life I have seen Many offerings To the gods and all the wonder that they hold But how many people really can Hear the pipes of Pan As they sound across our sacred land
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 